Yeah, let's go. Okay, Matt Lautner coming to you live from Des Moines, Iowa, headed towards Louisville, Kentucky for the North American International Livestock Expo. And uh, it's been a few weeks since I made a podcast, uh, busy with fall sale season, and everybody's busy this time of year, but had a little seven-hour drive in front of me and didn't want to listen to political stuff that happened last night, kind of wore out on that front, so... uh Called my buddy Jeff Miller from northern, north central Indiana, just east of uh, Lafayette, and uh, just gonna have a little podcast with Jeff. So Jeff, how you been? What's new in Indiana? How's your grandson doing? Oh, Kai's crazy as ever. He's washing, he's wrestling, he's playing basketball, he's working on calves. I probably drive 50 miles a day just driving him around so he can work on his calf and wrestle and play basketball, but. We're doing good. The weather here has been beautiful for the last three or four days. Been kind of finalizing my livestock sales also. We got a couple more head for sale. I've been posting on Facebook and we're we're getting them sold slowly but surely. Um uh just to introduce yourself to the audience that might not know you uh, across the USA. Uh what year did you come into the business? We uh started in four H with all three of my brothers and then we ran anywhere from 100 to 150 cows, but I'm going to say selling club calves right there at the early 70s. My dad and, and my brothers, we had we sold them every way under the sun from auctions to uh, bid-offs in the pasture field while they're on the cows to to uh, uh, off the cows. I mean, we did it every way possible. Uh, it's changed over the years very dramatically, but we sold a lot of calves all over the country. Uh, private treaty private treaty league this year i sold calves from california to the east coast so we've been at it a long time my dad wayne was at it and and uh, uh we've been successful at it we've never gotten real rich but uh we've sold a lot of champions and i i do truly enjoy all the people i've met across the country selling club calves hey yeah um uh, past 10 years we we used to uh, bring a lot of feeder calves down to Louisville. We were very successful selling and showing the feeder calves. But one of the guys that I met down there that really helped me out with the feeder calves was uh, Lloyd Stone. And, uh, in fact, the first year we took a pen of heifers, and I was instrumental in getting the heifer pen started. They had the steer pen, and Eld Miller got with me, and he said, if I could get a heifer, heifer show, pen show started, would you exhibit? And I said, I sure would. So we started with uh, the first pen of heifer calves we ever took down there, and I needed an extra one. And so Lloyd, I called Lloyd Stone, and I said, I need another heifer. Here's what I need. And uh, he brought me a heifer, and we had a pen of three heifers. I think we actually won that year. But we, we were pretty successful over the years with it. But the fond memory I have of Lloyd is when he took pens down there, and when we lead in and out of tie-outs, or the guard red rail there, he would lead his calves up there, and, and he wouldn't lead through the, the, the crossing there across the street. He made his calves jump over the guardrail. And I, I kid you not, his feeder calves jumped the guardrail to cross the street. And it's the most amazing thing i ever seen. And, and Lloyd, Stone, Lloyd, Stone was, Lloyd Stone was the craziest old red-headed man I ever met in the cattle business. And uh, Lloyd's a good guy. <laughs> that's pretty funny. He must have had him broke really good. <laughs> so sometimes that's, that's the one, guy. That's one, that's one of the memories I have. Oh yeah. Sometimes the guy. Whenever you get into the business and you get busy into the fall, you're all, you probably want to 
get the Cavs worked with a little bit, but I remember going to a few pin shows through the years or even uh, opening Cavs show and having them what we call halfway broke at the beginning of the week. And by the time after they got uh, letting back and forth the tie-outs after two or three days, by golly, they were, they oh, were show Cavs. Oh yeah, we we yeah you say we took them halfway broke, and some in fact some of them were only tied a couple times before. But as you say, as they were around a lot of people leading in and out of tieouts, they 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 became show calves. So I got another story. Uh, I lived on the East Coast uh, right after I got out of high school, and I met a man named Perry Vance. And Perry Vance became a very very good friend of mine. And and when I moved back, I kind of lost uh, contact with Perry. But I always thought Perry was a wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, we hadn't talked for a long, long time. And I was out in tieouts, and he was coming across tieouts, and he hollered at me. And we sat down on a bale of straw in tieouts, I think, all afternoon and talked about old times, uh, the cattle industry, and, and just lots of lots of things. But uh, – Perry, of course, passed away several years ago, but I never will forget that time, sitting in the tieouts, nobody else around, just sitting on a couple of bales of hay and the sun beating down on us, and just you know renewing our friendship. and And it, it was it was a great memory that I I still cherish today. A question or a story or that I would have back before cattle ever brought this much money in the late '90s or early 2000s. You sold a bull called Almost Famous. Can oh, yeah. Can you tell Almost, Almost Famous' Famous. story or what his exact sale price was? Or was there any uh, ups and downs before you sold him for that high of a price? Uh, Almost Famous, uh, we, we have in a, uh, a bank barn that's got a lean-to back off of it. And, you know, I live right there, and I, I check my cows just all the time. And uh, we, it's a big bank barn, and you go down the stairs, and then there was a uh, a big piece of plywood that I had on hinges, and it was just a walkthrough. And you just kind of push that open, and there would be 30 to 50 cows laying there on that lean-to that, that we watched. And, you know, as they had, we moved them in. Or if they had trouble, we moved them up to the chute. But anyhow, when I opened that piece of plywood, I opened it, and within 10 feet of me, there is almost famous standing as a uh, three or four hour old calf. He is completely licked off. His mother's standing behind him. He's completely licked, licked off, and he had frost on his on his back because it was cold, and his hair was sticking straight out everywhere. That cow must. I think that cow had a Scotch comb on her tongue or something, and she had that calf looking like a million dollars. Did you get that tickle in your tummy whenever you seen him for the first time? Oh, no, it made the hair on my back stand up, just like it's yeah. doing right now, because I remember it just like it was yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. and from that day on, he continued to get nothing but better. And um, he raised a lot of attention here in the state of Indiana. I remember Larry Campbell down in southern Indiana, of course, he was out of Larry's Bull. Uh, got to help me out here. What was the name? Uh, Seeker. Heat Seeker. He was out of Larry's Bull Heat Seeker. And Larry found out about him, and uh, he says he told me, called me one day, and I said, I sure hope you would sell that damn bull so everybody would quit talking about him and talking about my calves. And, and, I, and I just laughed, and it was quite a compliment from Larry Campbell. And, um, we he, was the truth, he was a true gentleman. He was always a, 
Yeah, I always enjoyed and and this is a part of that story is and then at that point I leased Heat Seeker from Larry to run on my cows. I, I was like two years behind other people and I leased him to run on my cows. Well, Heat Seeker in turn be, became famous. So so he never he never ran on my cows and I questioned him one day, I said, Do you realize you leased me Heat Seeker run on my cows? And he said, Yeah. But I don't think Brad Hook's ever going to let me do that. And I said, I don't think Brad Hook will let you. So I kind of let him. It was just a gentleman's agreement. So yeah. that was another thing. How did he get the name Almost Famous? Uh, I guess Todd Caldwell and Jared Jark come up with it. I, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't mm-hmm. asked to, to make that name. I don't know. And he was displayed in Denver uh, probably that year, the most popular bull that uh, – was in Denver that year. Argument, I'll just give you that. A lot of people told me that. And uh, the bull probably had too much performance. So the calves got a little bit too uh, too big, too fast. And uh, But what I do know is Almost Famous made some tremendous heifers. And uh, there was some, some really good Almost Famous cows. Probably The bull probably not got as much popular as we all wanted to. And, and truth to be known is because he – the Bulls gave too much performance to his offspring. So that, that that is my opinion. But he did add bone and butt and hair and all that stuff. And and uh, uh, I guess so that's So the my sale price was what out of the pasture that, that fall or that September? $59,000. And there is a story that I've heard uh, through my years traveling these roads that near the end of the sale – you got a little sick. Is that true story or is that a uh, fable? Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, I had never experienced anything like this. You know, we had sold cash for three and $4,000, maybe a 5000 here and there. And, yeah, I got I was sitting in my living room in the middle of the afternoon calling people back and taking bids. And uh, I did get sick at my stomach, and I did throw up because I'd never experienced anything like that. But, heavens, I got over that when I got my money. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're bouncing around here a little bit. The last question that I'd have for you is about uh, your – you had a unique relationship with the uh, Wilcox family. How many years did they win the Indiana State Fair with a calf from you? Uh, One or two? First, first year was 2012. Um, that was uh, a um, – gosh, I can't think of that bull that side of that calf. Wasn't a very popular sire. Uh, oh boy, I can't think of it right now. But out of a Irish whiskey cow that come from uh, uh, the exposure sale, and it was a natural calf. That calf won. He, as far as I was concerned, he won it handily. Uh, he was the third and fourth high steer several times in the open show when it come to state fair. John and and uh, his family. He, he looked like a million dollars, and he did win it. And then in thirteen. We uh, should have won it again. Dave Geyer caught me at the edge of the ring, and he said, Jeff, I thought he was going to win it again. We didn't, and then we did in 14. So it was a great experience with uh, John and, and uh, Cole and Katie and, and uh, that family. and uh, uh, They, they kind of put me on the map at that time. So you gotta have a good you got to have a good calf, but you got to have a good family behind the calf. Well, I tell you, they're probably – I think I might have been attending the Indiana State for those couple of years. 
those people could grow the big hair as good as anybody's ever done it as far as getting one right for Steve. They they were the founders in growing hair. And uh, uh, Larry Larry Wilcox, John's dad, uh, claimed he had a recipe that he gave the calves to help promote hair growth, and then they sold that recipe, I think, was to Sullivan Supply. I forget the name of it, and they sold it for a few years. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of snake oil on the market right now. But the, what the Wilcox family had, they didn't have snake oil; they had uh, elbow grease, and, and they yeah. they will they will outwork you. And I was very fortunate to have John, Trish, and Cole, and Katie as as one of my very close friends. Yeah, absolutely. Nope, that sounds good. Well, uh, are you going to be attending Louisville this week? Yeah, I did not go COVID year. I did not go last year. I was in Western Illinois dispersal for Al Bruin, and I bought a couple cows. My uh, my wife and I and my daughter and her husband are going to just spend the weekend in Louisville. It will be the first time that I will attend Louisville without having cattle. We're staying in a fancy hotel. We're we're going to eat eat fancy and visit with friends, and yeah. and uh, we're going to have a good time. I hope I see you. Yeah, that sounds good. And are you bringing your grandson? Well, you know what he told me last night is he said, well, who's going to stay here and rinse my calves? And I said, it's your call, Kai. And if you want to stay home and rinse your calves, he's very concerned about his calves. He's got a uh, he's got a uh, market heifer out of no guts, no glory, and then in a steer that's uh, pretty good, and, and uh, he's uh, – He's kind of fired up. He told me last night, he said, Grandpa, I really like my calves. So him, him and I are pretty good friends. You bet. Shout out to you, Kai. I know you're listening. So I uh, appreciate it, Jeff. And thank you for taking the time to tell a few old Jeff Miller stories. Yep. All right. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. See you, Matt. Bye. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Hope everyone enjoys their time at the North American in Louisville and uh, doesn't have to think about this guy all weekend.